message this morning has to do with uh, practicing spiritual integrity. I was uh, in communication with someone this week who uh, attends church here, and they asked me a question. If a certain individual that we knew that uh, was an individual uh, that is a professing believer, and I believe is a believer, and the individual said to me, well, something must have snapped. Because in a place of business, I, I saw them, and boy, boy, you talk about anger and ranting and raving. You talk about giving a piece of their mind away. Man, it was, uh, it was unbelievable to watch that. And it went on for probably three to five minutes. Said, the uh, question is, how, how is that possible? It's called human nature. Human nature. But how many of you know that when we really get close to Jesus, there ought to be limited moments that we behave that way, amen? And that we should never behave that way in public. How about that? You have one amen? amen. Just one. It's all I need, one amen. So I'm talking about integrity. Integrity says uh, it's important that you say who you are and what you are, and then I see that in your life. The culture is pressing the church. The culture is pressing every individual to compromise. And in our text today, as we're going to talk about Daniel, Daniel is an individual that stood in the gap and did not compromise when he could have flexed when he could have ran, and it would have been easy for him to do that. I hear people say, all the church is is a bunch of hypocrites. And I've said to you before, when they say that, I agree with them. Because if you're looking to find a flaw in an individual, and even in a Christian individual, you can find it. If you're looking for a person to say they're not perfect and we're not, and that you want to make your case, then you've got it. The church was never supposed to be a place for a bunch of perfect people. If it were a place of perfect people, I would have to turn and walk out that door and never go back to church. But the church is a place for broken people, people that have sinned, people that are messed up. I fit that category. People, of course, that are dysfunctional, I fit that category. People that are human, I fit that category. How about you? But we are supposed to be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ and through the process of living for God and serving God and having our devotion, we become more like Him. Can you say amen? More like Him. So we're going to deal with this message for a few moments because if culture is trying to squeeze us into its mold, we will have no power, we will have no anointing, we will have no opportunity to show to a world that's blind what it really means to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Daniel is a prophet. He's in his 80s at this point in time. He has been called through the years. He served in the Babylonian Empire, 
Nebuchadnezzar was the king of the Babylonian Empire. The Jews had been under servitude to the Babylonian Empire. Then the Babylonian Empire gave way to the, uh, uh, the Persian Empire. And Daniel served in both of uh, those places of exile. And he was, in fact, a man of, of God. And we know that in the Babylonian Empire, there was Nebuchadnezzar, and Daniel was called into service, being a prophet of God, because he was a follower of Jesus Christ, of Jehovah in the Old Testament, and he lived the kind of life that showed those that, even though under servitude, in bondage, he showed them that he was true blue in his commitment to Jehovah God. And as a result of that, God used Daniel in a mighty way. God used him, of course, when it came time to interpret dreams. Uh, God spoke through Daniel, gave the interpretation to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar understood that, hey, his own saucers, his own fortune tellers, tellers, his own witch people could not come forth with the true interpretation of the dream. Daniel gave it. It came to pass. And Nebuchadnezzar said, whoa, you are an unusually different individual, even though you are Jew in exile here. I'm going to pay attention to you. But let me show you how human nature works. Nebuchadnezzar paid attention for a little while, maybe 18 to 24 months at the most, but it wasn't long. He was back on the same old track back on the same old track of, of not being uh, respectful, not being respectful to the Jewish people, not being respectful of Jehovah. And you know what God did? After I shared with you the dream, and it came to pass, he turned his mind into the mind of an animal. And Nebuchadnezzar, outside, in the dew, of course, ate grass like an animal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that was, that was his judgment. And, and Daniel watched that. And then, of course, when that happened, we know that in the Babylonian Empire, you had an incident there that took place. As a result, you know the story of the Hebrews who, who uh, still honored God and Daniel uh, mentored them, and something wonderful took place. Daniel always stood true to his commitment to God. In other words, he didn't have one life at church and one life at work. He didn't have one life at home and one life in the marketplace. He was the same person committed to God. Now, here's what culture does. Culture says you've got to change to fit the culture or your message will not be heard. That is a lie from the pit of hell. My message is the message that came from God, and that message weathers all time. And the church today has reached that place that often, like one of the seven churches in Revelation 2 and 3, we vacillate. We feed off popular culture. We feed off those things instead of saying, as the church, thus saith the Lord. When the church begins to live in a way in the culture in which we live today that said there's only one God, his name is Jehovah. There's only one word, and it is the word of God. 
There's only one Jehovah. He is the Father, the triune God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we believe that, and you ought to live a life that brings honor and glory to God. Then, my friend, this world out there will say, what is it that you have that I don't have? I want it because I see something different in you than I see in my life. Here's the challenge. One testimony is I don't see any difference between the church and the non-believing world. That's a sad commentary. So now why is it important? Number one, godly people make good choices. Say that with me. Godly people make good choices. Say it again because you didn't weigh in. Godly people make good choices. So here's the text. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Daniel knew the decree. But let me tell you how that happened. Daniel had been good friends with Nebuchadnezzar because he saw something supernatural in Daniel's life. Now Nebuchadnezzar's off the scene, and now the Babylonian Empire no longer have Israel under bondage, but it is the Persian Empire. The Persian Empire is led right now at this time by Darius. Darius was the king at that point in time, and Darius looked back on the record. He had heard about it. Everybody heard about it that there was a man who interpreted dreams and they came to pass and it was Daniel and when Darius found out that hey Daniel Daniel is still functioning and was a major role here's what I found out in my study when Nebuchadnezzar was out there eating like an animal that Daniel was one of the key influencers that kept the Babylonian government going he was a key brain, a key influencer of the Babylonian government so Darius in the in the uh, Persian Empire, the Medes and the Persian, looks and says, hey, Daniel's still there. So here's what happened. There were three major leaders, and there were 120 sections in the Persian Empire, 120 different groups. Each group had a leader. Satrap is what they called them. But there were three individuals over the 120 individual leaders. Daniel was one of those three. He was the only Jew that was a part of that three-person leadership team. So here's what happened. When the other two leaders who were corrupt, who stole, who took advantage of their position, took advantage because they had influence over 120 others, took advantage and stole money, money under the table, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They knew that Daniel was an upright person. They knew that now Darius, the Persian leader, is becoming close to Daniel, and they're saying, we've got to get rid of Daniel. We've got to get rid of Daniel. So here's what they do. They call a meeting with all the 120 leaders, and the two who were over those and they left Daniel out. Now listen, when everybody in your family calls a meeting, everybody in your workplace calls a meeting, everybody in your company calls a meeting, and you're not invited, something's up. Something's up. 
Matter of fact, you can know something's up if you walk down the hallway and two people are, and when you walk up, they shut up. Something's up. So here's what they did. The 120 leaders plus the two corrupt leaders over all of them had the meeting and they went to Darius and said, hey, we support you. We've got your back. You're good. And listen, here's what we want. We know that we have a bunch of Jews here. We understand that. And we have weighed in, even Daniel, Daniel's for this. Daniel knew nothing about it. We think for 30 days that we ought to just have reverence and bow to you. That there should be no worship to any other God. That Darius, it ought to be to you. Now, what do you think about old Darius's ego? So, well, now, we're getting right, man. I got the support. Everybody's got my back. This feels good. He said, well, put your signet ring on there. Sign the decree, and we are good to go. Darius is thinking because they intimated that Daniel was for it, and the decree is locked down. So when they got, Daniel got word of the decree and realized, hey, something is going on here. What am I going to do now? Am I going to be committed to Darius? Am I going to be committed to this legal order? And am I going to quit praying three times a day? And I'm going to be obedient to that order? Or am I going to continue to honor Jehovah and my commitment to him? You see, you'll see those crossroads a lot of times in your life. I was thinking about that, and I thought in tax terms. How many of you know what April 15th is every single year? It's tax day. And yet many of you may get tax refund. I mean, I, I, I don't get tax refund. Tax refund, this is the day. This is the day that the government has made. Hallelujah. <laughs> that tax refund, you get it back, and you shout hallelujah. That's good. That's all good news. But here, here's the challenge. Do you know that 1,625,000 people last year cheated on their income tax? Now, do you think they cheated because they wanted the government to get more money? They cheated on their income tax thinking, hey, this benefits me, and I'm tired. I don't agree with the government. I don't agree with any person in the government but I have a chance to cheat. I mean, not take advantage of a loophole. They actually cheated. Do you know how much that related to? $270 billion. Now, here's what I think. If I pay my taxes, then I just think everybody else ought to pay their taxes. How you feel about it? I say, I pay, you pay. Render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar. But here's what I found out as well. That there are billions and billions of dollars of income, of unreported income. Here's how it is. A guy said, I said, you get paid? Yeah, I got paid. Well, how do you get paid? Well, I get paid under the table. Well, I'm smart enough to know if you can't put it on the table... And it's got to go under the table. That's not the kind of Christian that brings glory to God. But you don't understand, Pastor. No, I understand what's right, and I understand what's wrong. 
There is no gray area between right and wrong. Daniel said, right is right and wrong is wrong. But this message is not about taxes, okay? It's about integrity. The integrity of an individual. And what does that mean to practice? It means a state of being whole and undivided. A state of being whole and undivided. I am wholly committed to God. I'm a Christian. want to live right, talk right, behave right. I want my conversation to be right all the way down the line. And that's the integrity of a Christian. If you get, if you get a, a, a anything that is made, that is, relates to your safety, let's say you're going to go zip lining. I haven't been lately. And they put that hook on you and put it on that zip line. Here's what I want to know. What is the weight limit of that hook that they're putting on that zip line? Amen? I want the integrity of whatever that is. I want that hook to hold. How about you? I want it to hold. It says it will carry a good solid 230 pounds. I want it it to carry 230 pounds. You with me? Why? Because it meets, it meets the commitment of what it says it will do. So God says, okay, church, I want you to meet your commitment of being who you say you are. I want an unbelieving world out there that's hard-headed, that's stubborn, that's blind. I want them to see something so attractive that they are drawn to you. And I can prove that in just a moment. You see, Daniel was faced with a tough decision. It was the opportunity for compromise. It was the moment that, hey, the decree only lasts 30 days. I can give up 30 days of prayer. Uh, the fact that he had not ceased in uh, praying, God, I, I put up a bunch of prayers, so if I can get a 30-day reprieve, no, every single day he prayed. And here's what I want you to know, that whenever Satan throws something in you, know that he wants to do something bigger than you can see if you compromise. So, when you come to the crossroads of decision, there are many times in your life you come to the crossroads, what does my walk with God, what does it look like? What does my personal spiritual disciplines, Lua, does it look like? Do I still pray three times a day or do I stop praying and, and embrace the compromises? Godly people make good decisions. Here's the second thing. Good choices will demand sacrifice good choices. will demand sacrifice. Daniel 6, 16. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him in the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually, you serve continually, may he bless you. If you truly believe that we understand that we are in the last days, the stakes of being true blue and integral in your walk with God, is, it's higher than it's ever been. And it's high. That's when we choose truth, when error is easier, that's integrity. When you serve righteousness, when unrighteousness is more popular. When you choose to keep a vow instead of breaking it, that's integrity. When you stand strong, when you can retreat for a brief period of time and run from the conflict, that's integrity. I said long ago, desperate people do desperate things. Comfortable people do convenient things. Daniel knelt and prayed, and he did the godly thing. 
He did not compromise. He stood in the gap and would not budge. He became a vessel through which God could move. Now, you remember Daniel prayed three times a day. Do you know what he prayed in that prayer? Here it is. Jeremiah, the Old Testament prophet, Jeremiah, Jeremiah said in his prophecy that the people of God, the Israelites, would be in bondage, in exile to the Babylon Empire, the Persian Empire, for 70 years. Jerusalem, the walls were down, the holy city. And every day, Daniel prayed three times a day as a part of his prayer, God, that 70 years is coming to an end soon. Let your people be released to go back and build the walls and build the temple, your holy temple back. It's an abomination. It's an embarrassment. God, let it happen. And in the moment when Daniel, of course, made the decision to continue to pray, he made the right decision because it was about him being integral in his walk. Here's something, large victories come as a result of one obedient decision after another. In other words, if you're looking for a life spirit-filled, a life that's full of miracles, a life that's filled with commitments, a life that's filled with, hey, shows the glory of God, my friend, it will be because of one obedient decision after another. God has said, I'm going to need to use you. And here's what else you know. We are not promised a rose garden. We are not promised an easy path. And here's the deal. When a storm hits you, before that storm arises in your life, before God reaches out to you and says, I want you to be the lead on this one, God will have given you many opportunities before he lays your hand on that situation to be tested, to be certain that when he lays his hand and says, now I need you, that you are prepared to meet the challenge. So when you go through test, you can understand this. God has a big plan in your future that he's preparing you to be strong enough and full of the integrity of strength to meet that demand. So when large victories come, you pass and get the victory because you have been faithful. Here's another. Most spiritual battles are won between our ears and in our hearts long before we manifest ourselves on the battlefield. Right here and right here. God wanted to see his people delivered. He wanted them to have freedom to worship again. He wanted his name to be exalted. They had been in exile for 70 years God wanted him to go back to Jerusalem. Daniel's in his 80s. God said, I've used you in the past. I'm going to use you again. And here's what he wanted. He wanted Daniel's choice to pray, help bring to pass God's ultimate desire, his desire to be sacrificed because he said and did the right thing. Now listen carefully. Some of you students going off the university, listen to me. You'll get in a university in one of the state universities or university, but many in a state university 
will endeavor. They have no regard. Many of them have no regard for your religion, no regard for your Christianity, no regard for your testimony, no regard of what you think. And they will do everything that they can through the process of their teaching to cause you to get to the place to question every integral point of this book right here. And that's why you young people need to be certain you have a firm grasp on what the Bible says so that God's hand of protection will rest upon you. And there's nothing more valuable than a God-fearing young person filled with the Holy Spirit going to a secular university. And when they are tested, they shine like the light of Jesus Christ. And that, my friend, is recognized. Thirdly, sacrifices for God brings blessing. So it says that Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So we know that Nebuchadnezzar was the Babylonian. We know that Daniel has now served under Darius. But we also find later on Darius passes away and Cyrus becomes the king of the Persian Empire. King Darius went to look at dawn into the lion's den. You know the story. This is not about the lion's den. Daniel 6.20, it said, When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, whom you serve continually. It's the second time he said that. Been able to rescue from the lions. Here's the lion pit. It's right here. So it's right here. Hope you have imagination. There was a gate that came down from the ceiling down here. The lions were corralled over here. When the lion keeper of the zoo would come in and put the fresh food here, he would go out, they'd raise the gate up, the lions would go over, eat their food, the gate would come down, and then the zookeeper would come over here and clean up this side of the pit. When the decree was made and Daniel was arrested for praying, they sent and watched and listened, and he prayed. He was arrested. The king had to be sure to do it properly because Darius did not really desire to put Daniel in the lion's den, but he had to follow the law. He even put his seal on the door so that it would not be opened. And if it were, that seal would be broken. When they lured Daniel in, the gates down, lured Daniel in, <clears throat> The lions had not been fed for several days. Daniel's there. The gate comes up. The lions crossed over. It's been a night, and Darius comes with an anguished voice. Daniel, has the God that you've served continually the integrity of your life, has he been able to keep you safe? Listen carefully. You don't know when you're going to be tested. You don't know when you're going to lose your job. You don't know when you might lose your marriage. You don't know when you're going to lose a kid. This week we had two situations, people connected with the church. 
that were suicide. One major, major rock star hung himself suicide this week. Just how much can you take? The Bible says God will not put any more on us than what we're able to bear. Let me tell you what the Bible does, what God does. He's preparing you every single day to meet your next challenge. Don't whine about your trouble. Look at the positive side. There's a reason behind this. My faith is in you, Jesus. You say, well, I haven't had any of that. I'm on pass. I'm on good to go. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do when the test comes that demanded that you're able to take 4,000 PSI in your life and you only have 150? You're going to crash and burn. Daniel was prepared continually. Here's what Daniel replied. My God sent his angel. He shut the mouth of the lions and they have no they have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I been or nor have I ever done anything wrong before you, O king. In other words, king, I lived for God. And I never never did not honor you as king. I never badmouthed you. I never said you're not a Jewish king. I never did that. I, I remained the same, the same person that you saw in the Babylonian Empire. I did not flex. And when the other two leaders who who ripping you off and putting money under the table and doing what they want to and living the lifestyle and enjoying life at your expense, O oh king, I never once followed that. Here's what the world will do in the culture. The culture is trying to dictate to the church what the church ought to believe. And they use intimidation. Are you with me? They use intimidation. They use tactics like spinning stories in the news media that says, hey, well, if that's the percentage of what America believes, that's what I ought to believe. Let me tell you, you don't judge the core value of who you are by what anybody says other than this one book. This book right here gives us the guide that we need to be true and faithful. And our kids need to know what right is based on this book. Amen? So here's Daniel. He's okay. I'm delivered. You see, it started with one man's decision to pray or not to pray, and he chose to pray. He prayed, God, deliver my people. The 70 years has got to be up soon. Let them go back and rebuild the temple again. It did not seem like a big deal. 
It must have been in the Babylonian Empire years before the people released that Daniel prayed that prayer. And God, when is it going to be over? When are you going to release them? When are you going to answer this prayer? I'm not going to get weary in well-doing. I'm going to keep praying. If you've got family members that are lost, especially some of your kids and your grandkids, keep hammering the portals of heaven and ringing the bell and say one day they are coming back. One day their mind is going to be healed. One day their shackles is going to come off. One day they're going to get with the right person and they're going to come back to vibrant faith. One day they're going to get their heads screwed on right. One day it's going to happen. One day, God, it will come to pass. What happened? Daniel had not prayed for just 30 days. You see, the real battle was not him just not praying for 30 days. It was the battle between light and darkness. It was the battle between success and failure, the battle between bondage and deliverance. But Daniel stood in the gap and said, I will stand for what I believe in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Daniel, Daniel 6.23 was lifted from the den. No wound was found on him. Why? Because he had trusted God. Now, the two leaders that were over the 120 with Daniel, they were destroyed and their families and their children. They dropped them in. They did not want that influence. They did not want that DNA to be anywhere in the kingdom. All of you are gone. They didn't drop all 120 leaders in there. But primarily those who had not been faithful or they had been judgmental. Darius passes away and Cyrus becomes king. And he said, let me take a look at the history here. Go back and view some video. Let me see what it says. Man, I've heard about Daniel. But man, he, he goes way back over here to the Babylonian Empire. That guy interpreted dreams. That guy, when threatened, he didn't flex. And then look, look here. Even in, in the Persian Empire, Darius over here had to put him in the lion's den. And the guy still prayed. And he said, uh, can, is Daniel still in the kingdom? Yes, king. Darius said, there's only one God. And it's the God who can preserve a man in a lion's den. It's Jehovah. And Darius said, there's only one people that seem to be godly. That's the Jews. So we're going to cut them some slack and let them worship. And we're going to give them a break because one man stood faithful. And Cyrus said, well now, if that's the way it is, then I want to be certain that I am friends with Daniel. You see, you know what the devil tells us that we have to do? 
The devil tells us that we need to step over here on the side of culture and let culture dictate to us what we believe, what we say, how we worship, how we function, and that's the popular thing. But you know, when you stand strong, you know what, you know what Cyrus said? Hey, Daniel, I, I'm, not ask, I'm, I'm not asking you to come over here and step on my side. You have been proven a man of God. I need you on my side. I'm stepping over here on your side. You're the winning side. You're the guy that seems to control. You're the guy that's got blessing and prosperity and promise on your life. I'm not asking you to come over here. I want to be sure that you and I are friends. And by the way, Daniel, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to let your people go back to Jerusalem and let them rebuild the temple. God said, you know why that happened? Because one man prayed day after day after day. One man, when tested, would not quit. One man said, it's integrity for me to honor God rather than man. One man said, serving and having the approval of Almighty God in the midst of a lion's den is more important than anything else in my life. When the church catches that message, this world will be turned around by the grace of God. Amen? Would you stand to your feet? And let's give God thanks. One more hand clap for him, would you please? Thank you, Lord. So I'm asking you, I'm encouraging you, Take a look at your life and say, is my spiritual life integral? Have I given myself excuses to have a part of my life compartmentalized to live like the devil? On the job, do I really just stand up for Jesus? Do I, do I fall in line cursing and lying and looking at things? Is that who I am? You see, God will never be able to use you. You know why? Because the integrity of your life would not be able to stand up to what God needs to use you for. <laughs> and if you were to say, well, okay then, God doesn't have to use me. No, you were created to have a purpose in God. And God ought to be able to tap you on the shoulder anytime. Anytime. And you say, here I am. <coughs> That's the God we serve. That's the God we serve. Let's just bow our heads. Maybe here this morning and say, or you're listening by means of our live feed. And you look at your life and you say, God, if something were to hit me head on, could I stand under the test? <coughs> if I got an alarming phone call of some tragedy, could I be the man or woman of God that would say, God, I'm, I don't understand, but I want to stay true to you through this? Or would you be the kind of person that would have to cry to God, God, I need you, I need you, I need you. I know I haven't been faithful. I know I haven't been true. I know that I've been mean. I know that I've been arrogant. I know that I've been flip-floppy. I know all of that, God, but right now I need you. What would you do? God might speak back and say, you remember this test and this test? Do you remember that altar call? Do you remember that word? And you just didn't pay any attention. 
but thank you for the grace of God that God will say I promise never to leave you nor forsake you I'm going to be with you but what could have happened as a result of this may not happen to fulfill the total promise but I'm going to give you just enough strength if you'll just humble your heart and be faithful to me from now on that's what they told Nebuchadnezzar Nebuchadnezzar couldn't keep it wound up out in the middle of nowhere like an animal oh Daniel has the God you serve continually rescued you yes he has if you're here this morning we're going to pray this prayer and those of you online I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with us and ask all of us to just say God here in Jesus name so let's repeat this prayer dear Jesus Jesus, humble myself and I thank you for your word speak to my heart minister to my need I apologize I am sorry and I need your forgiveness I believe by faith you have given me mercy you have given me grace more grace than I deserve and I admit that right now but right now I intend with all of my heart as I confess my sins to be integral in my following of you in Jesus name amen amen God is good if you prayed that prayer there are a lot of things the Bible says we are integral about he can heal the sick we integral about that no person can run too far to get away from the conviction of God nobody can hide anywhere God's not already at amen and God can heal you according to James 5 14 God can nurture you and meet your need but here's the deal you have to be God it's all about you and not about me so if you need prayer stay with me until the benediction it's coming you come right now as we sing or you want to stand in for someone or you got a family member that God needs to chase you bring them on down in your heart can you do that